You're listening to RPI Takes on the World. No, no, no. Take it again. It's got to be bigger than that. This is important, meaningful stuff. But it wasn't important or meaningful. It's just one man giving his opinions on whatever random thoughts enter his mind on that particular day. Ha 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 ha. I'm dying. This is gold. Pure gold. What is up, you guys? Thank you for checking out RPI Takes on the World. This is the fourth episode of this brand new podcast, and I really appreciate you listening. I want to, um, you know, I, I recorded three episodes of this, and last week I put up on my Instagram um, that I just switched over from RPI Music. I switched all my socials over last week, and I, uh, you know, kind of announced, hey, I've made this podcast or whatever. And in the last week, I've gotten a lot of really nice messages from, you know, friends, people I'd met at all different points in my life. And I got messages on Instagram and Facebook and texts and all that. So I really appreciate um, the, the, the handful of you guys that are listening to this. Thanks so much. I'm doing it because I really enjoy doing it. I'm just a weirdo like that. I think it's fun. And uh, the fact that people are actually listening to it is a bonus. So, I do appreciate it, and I will go ahead and say, if you are, if you did stumble upon this some way, you know my socials are RPI takes. I'm on Twitter and Instagram right now. The website will be up soon, but uh, yeah, if you have any, you know, I'll, down the road, I would love to be able to start, you know, getting conversation topics and things like that. But don't ever hesitate to reach out to me on either of the socials. Like I said, it's RPI takes on Instagram and Twitter, and today. I am going to go ahead and touch on a few different things. The first thing I'm going to get into is the spring versus fall debate, like which is the best season. Um, the second thing I'm going to touch on is something that I'm calling dream cheating. And I don't know, I've never heard it talked about before. So maybe, maybe I, I know it happens, but I don't know if there's a name for it. So maybe we just named it. Maybe, maybe we just named this whole phenomenon dream cheating. And the last thing I'm going to talk about today is, uh, Aaron Lewis losing his mind at a concert. The uh, a video I came across online, I don't know when, maybe a week, a week and a half ago, something like that. But anyway, I'm going to go ahead and get started with the uh, the spring versus fall debate because I'm recording this today. It's St. Patrick's Day. It's um, so March 17th, obviously, but it is a beautiful, it's, a, it's been a gorgeous weekend in Kansas City. And I don't know what part of the world you're in, but the Midwest has just been rocked. It's just, we just got our asses kicked since like October or November of last year. And we had a really good run. And I was living down in Nashville until like 2016. So I got kind of spoiled with mild temperatures, you know? And um, I moved back to KC. And even when I moved back, we didn't have like nasty winters. We'd have a couple bad days here and there, but nothing like this last winter was just brutal. I mean, it was just snow early. I think it snowed in October. It definitely snowed in November. I mean, I've got, I live in this old neighborhood and like all these mature old trees, I've got leaves on the ground because it, the leaves were falling down and then the snow happened. Right. So I didn't even have time to get the leaves raked up. So it's just a complete mess. And then I got the, I got the dog shit, you know, the backyard is just a minefield full of dog shit and leaves. And I got branches down from some of the big storms. So it was a rough winter. And I say all that to lead up to my my take on the spring versus fall debate. I'm I'm a I'm a spring guy. I think spring beats fall like and, and I love fall too. So that's what's like I know people, you know, the leaves changing and I mean football season obviously is such a huge deal. But right now, 
the thing I like about spring, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to lay out, I'm going to make my case why, why I think spring is better. Number one, because just last weekend, we sprung forward with the clocks. And so all of a sudden, it goes from being dark and depressing and cold as shit. And it goes from being like dark at five o'clock or 530 to all of a sudden seven o'clock. You've got so much more daylight, which is just, I, it doesn't seem like it should make that big of a difference, but Dude, it makes such a big difference in just mood, <laughs> you know, uh, attitude. People seem to be in a, in better spirits, you know. And so, so I'm gonna go ahead and say that that's that's one of the biggest things about spring is right now the days are just getting longer. And I love fall, but that just means like we have fall to look forward to. Like when you're in spring, you got all of you got the days getting longer. You've got summertime, you got concert season, festival season, you got traveling you're looking forward to. You know, you've got you've got tan, tan bodies you're looking forward to. All that good stuff is in the spring. In the fall, as much as I love the fall, and I'll tell you something, like I really appreciate I've always loved the fall, but I really appreciated it more when um when I moved down to Nashville and I, I I'd always made my living playing music on the road in the Midwest. But when I moved to Nashville, I ended up uh going down and touring mainly the southeastern states. So I was driving through, you know, Mississippi and Alabama and the Carolinas, and I'm telling you, if you have not been down to that part of the country um, during the fall when the leaves are changing, you need to do yourself a favor and you need to take a road trip and you should just drive to the Carolinas from where, if you're in the Midwest or if you're in wherever. But I mean, it's like, I know, I know flying is obviously easier and faster and all that, but there is just something like I, one of the favorite things, one of my favorite things about what I got to do was seeing such a big chunk of the country the way I saw it, which was just on the road. And it was so fun. So I'm telling you, like, I absolutely love the fall, but the days are getting shorter. And you know, as much as I love Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, you got the holidays, you got family time coming up and everybody's looking forward to that. It's great. But you've got that, just that dead eight weeks of January and February, which is just a, just a giant kick in the nuts over and over and over again. And when you get through that, it's like, oh, it's like, rejuvenation, you know, rebirth. Oh, I feel great. So it starts off with maybe it's St. Patrick's Day, right? And so obviously you've got St. Patrick's Day and then you've got March Madness. And I'm not like, like I've said before, I'm not a huge sports guy, but I, I like sports. Like I, I, I get into March Madness. Like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a like fair weather sports fan. So like the big stuff, I'm on board with it. And I think it's fun. And I think it's awesome that you know, you're coming through the, uh, you're coming through winter and you're getting through all the crap. And then all of a sudden you've got college basketball, which I, I'm not, I'm, I really don't like the NBA at all, but college basketball, it's like, there's just some, something electric about it. And I think it's so fun. Even if your team's not in it, you're still, you know, you got the brackets, everybody's having a good time. You know, everybody's in a better mood because the days are getting longer and the weather's getting nice and all that. And I'm also going to say one of my favorite things about March Madness is the, um, you know, and this all just kind of, this all, this all just started to happen, I guess, recently with, you know, the internet, like the internet taking over like social media. But I love the sad, I love sad fans. I think sad fans online are one of the funniest things that the internet has produced, right? And I'm going to go ahead. 
I'm gonna take I'm gonna take you back to a live sad fan experience that I had in my own life, and we're gonna go all the way back to 2002. This is pre-internet. But this is real life sad fan stuff. So I think I told you guys already, I went to the University of Missouri. So I went to Mizzou and, um, you know, I graduated in 97, 98, 97. And so I, uh, I, I spent my time at Mizzou. But like I said, I grew up in Kansas City. I've got a ton of friends that are KU fans. And it's, it's, it's a little obnoxious at times because they are over the top, right? But they, and it's for me, like if I step outside of the rivalry, it's like, you know what? I get why, why they're like that. Because they've got an institution in basketball, the same way Kentucky basketball is, the same way Alabama football is, which, by the way, if you have not done yourself the treat, if you have not done yourself the favor of going to an Alabama, an SEC football game, but in particular one of the big ones like the Iron Bowl, you got to go down and do that stuff. I mean, just the, the, the people watching the, the, the event, the pageantry, the whole thing, I mean, it's not even a, it's not even a bowl game. But it's just the best time ever, and everybody should experience it. But anyway, let me get back to where I was going with this. So in 2002, I was uh, playing music. I had a band I'd started, I don't know, in, um, I'd started playing music solo. I had a band in college. We broke up, and I moved back to Kansas City in 99. And so I started playing music by myself, and I put together a little band. And we were playing, in 2002, we were playing at the Jazz House in Lawrence, Kansas, which is... You know, Lawrence, obviously the home of KU, and the Jazz House is a, just a badass little music venue. And it was like a, it's an attic venue, so it's upstairs, and the stage backs right up to Mass Street. And if you're not familiar with, with KU or with Lawrence, Mass Street is like the main drag of all the bars in Lawrence. And so the stage backs up to Mass Street, and there are like these giant windows. So you can see right out on the, on the and you're on the second floor or maybe the third floor, but you're up high. So you can see like all of Mass Street from the stage. So I'm up there, and you know, I was, we had a decent little following in Lawrence. We had opened up for some other bands that were doing really well up there. And that we might have actually been opening that night. I can't remember. It was so long ago. I don't remember. That's not what I remember. What I do remember is, it was March, and I had to look it up because I couldn't remember the exact year and the date. So this is March 30th, 2002. So it's almost 17 years ago, which, yeah, I'm old as shit, right? So I look, but I remember I'm sitting there and I'm playing, I'm playing music, and the, the crowd, the bar is full, and KU is playing Maryland um, in the Final Four. And they end up losing to Maryland in the Final Four. Now, this is what really blew me away, and this is my first like real-life sad fan experience. I'm on stage. The crowd was pretty good. They were even they were even paying attention to the music for, while the game was on, like to to a point, you know. But once KU lost that basketball game, that entire bar is probably holding like 300 people, 350 people. And like I said, I think we were opening for somebody because I remember it was crowded, like it was a it was a full crowd. And I don't think we ever did. Um, I don't think I ever did really well in there on my own. So I believe that. There was definitely a, a band, like one of the Lawrence bands that we used to play with. We swapped gigs with. We were opening for them. But KU loses this basketball game. The entire bar and all the other bars, all the subsequent bars around it, they just pour out into the streets, and on, into uh, on the Mass Street. They all pour out into the street. And these are like grown, these are college students. These are 20-year-old guys and girls that are crying in the middle of the street. And I've never seen anything like this. I mean, I went to Mizzou. We never, we were never that vested in our team. Like, I mean, I, it's fun. I'm a Mizzou fan. I love when we do well. 
But the success or failure of my teams, whether it be Mizzou or the Royals or the Chiefs or whatever, I don't let that dictate my mood. And I know that a lot of people do, right? I know that a lot of people do have their, they let their teams dictate their mood. And I think that's just, you know, more power to you. I'm, I love that people are passionate about the sports. And like I said, one of the best things that, that one of my favorite experiences was, you know, playing in these college towns, playing in Alabama, playing in Tuscaloosa and Auburn during Iron Bowl games and playing in Lexington, Kentucky when K, when when uh when Kentucky was actually when they won the national championship, I think it was in 2012 or whatever. So I love a passionate fan base, but I'd never seen like a collective group of people just start crying over a sporting event like that. But that's what every, I, I always think of that whenever I see, you know, like the girl, I can't, I think it was like the, the girl that's playing the flute in the band and she's just crying. Like that's one of my absolute favorite things about, about March Madness. If you guys hear that in the background, that's my, uh, my girlfriend's cat. She's being weird. She sees ghosts in my house and she meows at him and stuff. So if you hear that, don't be distracted. But anyway, so you got March Madness, which is another reason spring, spring over fall. And then you've also got you get the Masters, which I don't even care if you're a uh, if you're a golf fan. The Masters in April, it's like come on, come on, it's just it's the best. A Sunday afternoon, maybe you're hungover, maybe you're not, but what's better on a Sunday afternoon? Maybe you're you're either out watching the game with your friends, or you're at home, you're taking naps, you're in and out. Like golf on TV is the absolute best thing to kind of you're falling asleep, you're waking up, all that kind of stuff. So that's why I'm going to go ahead. My 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 case is spring over fall. Love fall still, but spring definitely takes the cake. So Stella, are you okay? The cat the cat is crying over here. So so I'm a spring over fall, hundred percent. So the next thing that I'm going to get into today is dream cheating, and I don't know if that's like a a technical term. Like I said, all five of you listening to this, all ten of you, whatever. You might be in on the ground floor. We might just we might just have coined a new phrase. But I've talked to a couple friends and I found out that it does happen to other people and I think it's hilarious. And so I'm going to go ahead and let you let you know what it is now, right? So I uh, you know, I like I said I have a I have a great relationship with with my girlfriend and we get along really well and it's it's really nice. I've been in a bad relationship, like a really really bad relationship. So a couple things. Number one, I appreciate when I'm in a good relationship, which I am now. And I also, I don't tolerate a bad one. So at this point, like I, I understand, like, look, I've been single and I'm not afraid of being single. So I will tap out immediately. And I say all that because my girlfriend, she doesn't get mad at me very often. We don't get, we don't get mad. We don't fight like hardly ever. And so that's what makes it a great relationship, Right. And there certainly is no cheating happening in this relationship. Um, and I, again, I don't think, you know, I think there are people out there that do cheat. I'm not one of those people. It's not, to me, it's just, you know, not only is it not right to the other person in a relationship, but, um, and I don't know if girls feel the same way, but as a guy, I'm like, man, whenever I hear about guys that are like cheating, like, I don't even know how they, I don't know how they have the time for it. Like, I, I don't know how on earth, like, uh, like you're juggling that, like, like being in a relationship is it's, it takes time, right? It, you got to nurture it. And even if it is just a physical relationship, there's still all the text messages, all the Snapchats, like you're dealing with twice, you're dealing with twice that stuff 
So again, just my advice to you is just break up with that person. Like, <laughs> just don't don't cheat. It just it, it's it's not gonna. If you're in a shitty relationship, and we've all been in shitty relationships, if you cheat on somebody, all you're gonna do is complicate your own life. Like, you're not gonna. There's no like. There's no sexual experience that makes complicating your life worth it. That's what I'm saying. But let me step back. Let me get off the pulpit from there. And I'm going to talk to you about this dream cheating thing. So this happened like last week. I just get woken up in the middle of the night, right? And and I get asked, hey, hey. You know, she. I'm, I'm getting asked, hello. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm asleep. It's like 2.30 in the morning. And she just rolls back over. I can tell she's mad. I have no idea why, right? I mean, I was a de- dead asleep. So I wake up the next morning and I find out that um, I I don't even know. There wasn't even actual cheating going on in the dream, but I was definitely acting sketchy in her dream. And she asked me not to get into the details, which made the story so funny. But the, here's the other thing. I said, well, this happened once before, like back in, like not that long ago, like six months ago, and, and started laughing about it. And so... This is what's so crazy about this is it's not only the fact that I get like she, she wakes up mad at me for doing something that I did not do. I wasn't even present, right? Like I I absolutely I, I would never cheat on her. I'm not a cheater first of all. Secondly, I would never cheat on her. So I don't know where these dreams are coming from. And maybe somebody out there's a dream interpreter, maybe there's something going on. I don't know. But here's the great part. So I ended up I remembered I I had uh I I put on my Instagram story. This was back in the fall, like in November, the first time that the dream cheating thing happened. And I, I had forgotten about how funny it was. Because it wasn't again, this is none of this stuff is physical. It's not like she she dreamed that she walked in on me and some girl or something like that. But that's what makes this so funny. And so I actually found the Instagram story where I confronted her the last time this happened because she woke up like legitimately annoyed with me like pissed off at me. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's like, I can't believe you would do that. And I'm like, I, I don't know what you're even talking about. Um, and so I'm going to play you the actual audio from the Instagram story from last November. Okay. Why did you wake up mad at me today? Why? You took someone else on a date for a date event. Where did this happen? Was it in real life? Yeah. No. What was it? A murder mystery dinner. And when did where did all this take place? Last night. No, where? Last night. Where? In my dream. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. All right. So there you go. <laughs> it. I. Uh, I took somebody. In case you couldn't understand what she was saying, I took somebody on a murder mystery date party. <laughs> That wasn't her, right? And this is why I I just think it's hilarious. And I didn't realize it was actually a thing. This is the first time, this is the first relationship where a dream cheating has actually happened. But that that was from back in November that that audio. And then last weekend there was another one. And the, my favorite part about all of it is number one the fact that it's completely random. But the details, the odd details that she remembers, and like what on earth. I've never been on a murder mystery date. Like I've heard about these things, but I've actually never been on one before. 
She has neither. But I, what's crazy is I had uh, I talked to a few other friends of mine. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My girlfriend, my wife, whatever. She'll wake up pissed off at me for something that uh, you know she dreamt about. So dream cheating is a real thing. Okay, and we're gonna have to address. Like, I don't know, I don't know how we address it, I don't know how we fix it, but I do know that there's a there's a lot of men out there being unjustly accused of crimes and misdemeanors that they did not commit. So, men stand strong. Okay, you don't deserve to get kicked in the back in the middle of the night. You don't you don't deserve to get woken up rudely. Okay, we we need to we need to bound together on this, man. We need to we need to stick together, and I'm sure. I'm sure it's also happening to women. I sure, I'm sure men are dreaming about their women doing God knows what with God knows who. I don't know. I just never heard anything like it. And I thought, again, the specificity, okay? It took me three times to say that. I had to edit that out just now. The specificity of the date, you know, the murder mystery date that I took some random girl on that is why she woke up with me angry right there. I mean, listen, it just doesn't, it does not get better than that. Just doesn't get better than that. So in closing, what did we learn today? We learned that cheating is bad. And cheating is not only bad for the person that is in the relationship that's not cheating. It's also bad for the cheaters, the people that are doing the cheating. Their lives are complicated. Just just avoid it. Just don't do it. Just dump that person. If you're in a relationship and you want to hook up with that coworker or whatever, then just Break up, end the relationship. Don't complicate everybody's lives. Just be less of a dick, okay? But dream cheating, on the other hand, that is not real. It did not happen. So let's just let's just let's just remove that from the equation, okay? We got to stop the dream cheating accusations. Those have got to stop, okay? Speaking of anger issues, oh that segue it was so good. <laughs> Speaking of anger, um. I came across this video last week of Aaron Lewis just absolutely losing his mind at a concert down in Oklahoma. Now, you might not know who Aaron Lewis is, and that's fair. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you who it is. There was a band in the 90s, and I think I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like there was a band called Stained, and he was the lead singer of the band called Stained. They had a huge hit called, uh, I think it was called It's Been a While, and they had a couple other smaller hits, but they were really big. And I feel like they were like part of that post-grunge. Like they were kind of around. It wasn't like early 90s. It wasn't the first wave of like um, Nirvana and Soundgarden and all of those. Or it, it was it was after that. So I feel like it was like late, late 90s. It was like around the, God, I want to say like around the Limp Biscuit, like the real, ugh, like the, the rough, rough period of music. But Stained was one of those bands that was just kind of a, you know, a post-grunge band, and Aaron Lewis was the lead singer. And um, since then, he's, I, I don't know how long, I don't know when he switched to becoming this, like, kind of alt-country. He's a country artist now, um, but he's not, like, a top 40 country guy. He's just, like, a kind of a country, kind of a, a country guy, like a like an outlaw country guy, I guess. And I'm not, I'm not, an, like, I don't love Aaron Lewis, but I've, you know, just because of what I've done for a living, where being in the music industry and then working in radio, I've been around him a few times and he seems like a really nice guy. And I've heard great things about him from um, like venue owners. Like I, I've like, I used to work with a, a venue in Kansas city that holds like, I want to say like a, like 2,500 people, like a, a big venue. And he used to play there a lot. And the owner was a friend of mine. And, you know, we'd like, 
I was there when he when Aaron played there, and the guy was incredibly gracious and seemed really nice and all that. But this video, I mean, he is at his breaking point, right? And it's such a weird thing because, like, I as somebody who got burnt out on the road, and listen, I was at a totally like I'm not equating my level as to where Aaron Lewis is clearly because I was playing bars. I was right. I went to Nashville to write songs. I was never trying to be a rock star, but I made my living playing music in bars. And just because of that, you know, you end up dealing with like, I likened what I was doing more to like a comedian working clubs. And the reason I did that, the reason I say that is when comedians are working comedy clubs, there are people in that room. There are some people in that room to see that comedian, but there are a lot of people in that room because they're there on a bachelorette party, because they're in town for some kind of a corporate event, and that's what they're doing that night. So you that's why those comedians deal with a lot more hecklers in the clubs versus if you go see a comedian at a theater, you know, that you're if you're buying a ticket with that comedian's name on it, if you're going to see Jim Gaffigan or Bill Burr or whoever, and it's got their name on the ticket you're less likely to get hecklers. You're still going to get them because people are just assholes, but uh, you're less likely to get it. So I felt like I was more in that world. But that being said, when I was in that world, you know, there's a way to handle it. And there's a way to handle when people like you suck, like when people yell at you, <laughs> which is inevitable. It's inevitably going to happen. It doesn't matter who you are. I mean, I've seen, I've seen old dominion, old dominion just get just heckled by people. And I've seen those guys handle it. And there's, there are ways you handle it and there are ways you don't. And I mean, look, I knew at the end of my, right before I was like, made my decision to get out. It was one time when I was, you know, I was into my cups as the, as they say, I'd had a few drinks and somebody, you know, was giving me like, they were just hating on me and I essentially just lost it. And I, and, and when you get to that point, <laughs> It's time probably to take a step back. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that Aaron Lewis might be at that point. So I'm going to play you a few of these clips. And the other thing is, like, there weren't people necessarily, like, yelling at him, heckling him. And that's what makes me think even more that it's time for him to, like, maybe take just take a couple steps back. Because he is very, very agitated. And this is also, there was a story maybe, like, a couple months ago where, Something else. There was also another incident with him at an at a with his crowd at a show down in Texas. I want to say this was like in the last three months. So what I'm going to play for you is just cell phone footage of somebody in the front row and Aaron Lewis just like being over it at the very end of the show. And just so you know, the places he's playing, I mean, they're seating anywhere from a thousand to probably three thousand people. So he is a he's a, a legitimate artist, and he's got like for real fans, you know. So I'm going to go ahead and play this first clip and just to kind of set it up. This is like a uh, like a honky tonk, like a like a big ass open room bar and he's doing an acoustic tour right now. So it's just him and the guitar on stage and he's walking up to the front of the stage and he's like strumming the guitar but he's he doesn't even have a mic. So I think he must be doing the thing where like and I've seen some I've seen Ed Sheeran do it when he's playing smaller rooms and stuff where guys will just like um they'll play songs like really acoustically. I don't mean like plugged in acoustic. I mean, just the acoustic guitar and voice, like no microphone, no, no, no guitar amplification whatsoever, anything. And so he's walking up to the front of the stage playing guitar. And this is what happens. Oh 
Shut the fuck up! Yikes. So that that guy yelling to shut the fuck up, that was Aaron Lewis, okay? It's always weird when you get hecklers or when you get... And again, these people are not like yelling at him. These are just people that aren't paying attention to his art, which makes me think he's very close to the edge, right? Because it's not like people are yelling at him, telling him he sucks, whatever. These are just people talking during his show. And the other interesting thing about this is if you're good enough on stage, and this was something that, again, when I wasn't you know, burn out and ready to like rip somebody's head off when they would tell me I sucked. You can really use a heckler to your advantage, you know, because what happens is they're and they're taken away from the show. And it doesn't matter if you're seeing a comedian or a musician or whatever. If there's some asshole in the crowd that's disrupting the show for everyone around him, if you're good enough on stage, and this is what I, I usually tried to do, was I would just turn it around on them. And a lot of times, if you were just having an okay show, like if you're just having a decent show, you were able to get everybody on board with you if you just navigated it right. And everybody, because everybody, like nine times out of 10, the guy or girl that's yelling at you is annoying everyone around them anyway. So you can actually take advantage of that situation, but that is not what's happening here. This is a man that sounds like he's just at the end of his rope. And look, I get it. I mean, again, I didn't have that success, but this is a tough life. And a lot of people don't realize that, like, but even when you make it, like when you make it in air quotes, as a musician, as a comedian, you know, you hear about these suicides and people are always like, oh, I can't believe Chris Cornell killed himself or comedians that you hear about. It's like, dude, it's a hard life being out on the road all that time, no matter how glamorous it might seem from the outside. It doesn't matter if you're in the nicest tour bus on the planet, you're still getting in a van essentially. And I'm not saying that's not, it's not a great life. A lot of people enjoy it. I enjoyed it for a long time. But what I am saying is it takes a toll on people. And I'm afraid that Aaron is at the end of his rope, right? I'm going to get this next clip right now. And this is where he's basically like, look, man, I don't even need this anymore. (laughs) That's essentially what he's saying. Check this out. Listen, I'm fucking good. I don't have to do this. Okay, so in case you didn't hear that, that was a little harder to hear, but he's like, I'm I'm good. I don't have to do this. So he sounds like he's like, look, man, I'm over this shit. That's that's exactly what it sounds to me like. And this is where he really starts to spell it out for people. And he's really like he's he's at the end of his rope. Now you gotta understand people are you know, they've been standing there probably for an hour. He's probably been doing, he's probably playing a 75 minute set, something like that with Encore. That's probably what this is. And that's what's going to happen like right now. So he was at the front of the stage playing his guitar. Nothing was plugged in. Now he walks back. You're going to hear him walk back. He's going to get on the mic. He's going to get real right here. Listen, if you don't shut the fuck up, you can't even hear the guitar. So shut up. I've got three more fucking minutes. Three. Can you please, for once, through the whole fucking evening, you guys have talked all fucking night, shut the fuck up, or I'm done. Puff, puff, give. Oof. (laughs) Man, you're just getting a talking to if you're in that audience. And also... Let's not let's not uh, let's not just look over the the fact the guy just said puff puff give <laughs> the guy the guy that's like near this near whoever's recording this or whatever. So he is like out of his mind, 
and he just he keeps powering through. But he's he's visibly. I'm going to post this again. I'll post this on my Instagram so you can see this. But he's visibly pissed off. And Aaron is not one of those guys that, uh, you know, he doesn't. He, he's not. He's not sugarcoating anything. He doesn't care. He just doesn't care. Like he's the real deal, and he's going to put it all out there. And so. This is the next clip, and this is what him him talking about the song he's about to play, which is like a thank you song, I guess, for for the night, for the audience, whatever. Here's the clip. It's so fucking ironic that this fucking song is a thank you. And I can't get you to shut the fuck up to hear it. So I'm going to play this last clip and this is the, it's unfortunately you're going to have to check out the video to see it, but he basically, he starts singing the song and then he just storms off stage. Like the dude just like walks back, throws his guitar down. He throws a beer at the audience and walks off stage. I'll go ahead and let you hear it. Here we go. Just like that, lights are up, music's on, show is over. Wow. You got to check out the video. It's on my uh, Instagram, at RPI Takes. You can watch him throw the beer at the audience as he walks off stage. Man, I kind of hope he... um I kind of hope he gets things figured out because, he, like I said, I've hung out with him a few times. He seemed like a very good guy, and I think he's in a really... Uh, must be in a tough spot because... You know, when you're doing something you love, like playing music, and you're you got that much anger that's coming out visibly in front of people, then you got some things you need to address. So that's about it. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to let y'all know before I get out of here. I'm gonna like if I stumble onto something that I think you might like, I'm gonna tell you, and this is where I'm gonna tell you that in case you didn't know, Office Space is on Hulu right now, and I don't know. I mean, is that random? Yeah, it's random. Oh, it's random for sure. But I'm the kind of person, I can't sleep at night unless I've got some kind of a TV. I've got to have something going on in the background to uh, just just in order for me to fall asleep. And so what that typically is, is a um, it's like usually I'll put on like The Office or something I've seen a million times. But I absolutely love the movie Office Space. It's a classic. If you haven't seen it, then do yourself a favor and check it out. But it's on Hulu right now, which every now and then some of those those old school movies just pop up. And I didn't know they were on. I, you know, you don't know they're on there. And then when you find out, it's just sometimes you forget about how funny they are. And that movie is an absolute classic. It's a cult classic for a reason. Check it out. This is a good note to leave this on. You guys, thank you so much for checking this out. Please rate, comment, subscribe. Tell your friends about it. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RPI Takes. Have a great day, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for listening to RPI Takes on the World. Please share with your friends, subscribe, rate, and review.